برنامج عدين في يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة Programs of the Legion on a Friday, only on the Voice of the Cave. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, it is programs of religious religions on a Friday with me, Jamil. My pleasure, my privilege, as always, being in your company. And uh, also, once more from all of us to you and your loved ones, a Juma Mubarak, a Juma Karim. Beautiful day out there, alhamdulillah. My guest joining me in studio, Imam Mouti Saban. Imam, assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Jamil? Alhamdulillah. I was just looking up your Imam of the... Uh, um, Jamia Masjid mm. been there since what? You're forever? <laughs> now, yeah, well, alhamdulillah, I'm physically in the masjid uh, with Allah's Qudra and with the guidance of my parents. Uh, I've only been there now 53 years. 53 years. And I'm the Imam there now for 37 years. Allah. May Allah grant me to be there until only Allah knows when. And those. Um, that are to follow and those that were before me may Allah place them in the highest place in Jannah inshallah amen, we, we, amen. we only like I I take instructions from my late father the late Imam Abu Bakr Saban who used to say just do what you have to do for Allah's sake today tomorrow you live to Allah so, you know, so today the voice of the Cape asked me to be here so I'm here <laughs> and when I leave here half past 11 I go home I get home at 10 to 5 to 12 and then in 10 minutes time I go back into town so that's how our life goes but alhamdulillah we I'm sure I can speak of on behalf of all the ulama uh, simply love what they do for the sake of Allah, Allah and I ask Allah the community Allah. to make dua for all of them inshallah Amen. we're very fortunate here in, in South Africa particularly the Western Cape with uh, our religious fraternity that we have well, our alims well I have a message for the whole of the Western Cape um, you know, um, at the masjid where I am, um, where the official first Juma in the masjid on South African soil was performed. First, uh, the first official Juma was performed there. The mosque is 165 years old. We're busy with an alteration now for the past uh, seven years. But, you know, funds is a problem. But I said, you know, um, w- even if it takes another 10 years, we must try and do it during our lifetime. It's the house of Allah. But the message that I want to give to the Muslims of the Western Cape, uh, every Friday I get a lot of visitors from overseas because mm. I'm nearest to the waterfront, is oh, it? Oh, yes. Yeah. And especially people um, from from the Muslim world, mm. um, they are stunned and surprised that right here at the bottom of Africa, and mm. I think we must sometimes look at the map and say, yes. you know, we're right at the bottom. Mm. But they say right at the bottom of Africa, there the people practice the best Islam. Allah Akbar. And they, they ask me always, why are your people so steadfast in your religion? Uh, the only answer that I think I can give them is, there are two reasons for that. We have... And we had the best parents. Allah. And we have and we had the best leaders. Uh, leadership and parents guides a community to the best in the world. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. And, and, and uh, 
they most of them says that Cape Town is a is a very blessed place. Alhamdulillah. And I think it's because also of the the regular azkar and the dhikrullah that we make. Because there was for two hundred years when Islam was a banned religion in South Africa. Uh. Now can you imagine how many generations was that? But what took them through those two hundred years to where we are today? And uh, Alhamdulillah and strangely enough, last week in my Juma message, <laughs> I said that I'm going to make a statement that I'm sure that most of you are going to be very surprised at. I said, you know, the apartheid regime did Islam a very big favor. Yes. And actually, <laughs> and do you know why, Brother Jamin? The reason why I say that is wherever they threw the Muslims, there they established a masjid. A masjid. First thing they right. for was a masjid. And if you look at um, the Syrian refugees fleeing all over the world. I'll tell you, Imam, it's, oh. But you know what? They are going to tap in where Islam has never ever reached. And they are going to spread the word of Islam. And they're going to build mosques. Maybe it is Allah's way of saying to you that we are not giving over the message of Islam as quickly as possible. So... You know, behind every hardship this is, and the bigger picture is by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I'm, I'm welcome to be here, although having been in bed for for more than 14 days. But you know what, I had a, I had a wonderful experience. Allah gave me conjunctivitis, you know, what they call pink eyes. Pink eyes. And I couldn't, I had only a 70% eyesight for two weeks. Uh, yes, I know. And you know, can I tell you, I know the definition of the word appreciation much more now. Alhamdulillah. And, and more or less an idea of what blind people have to oh, go through every day. But then Jamil. And yet what? they don't complain. Subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, um, I've given you eyesight And we take it for granted mm. Allah Ta'ala has given us the faculty Of hearing and seeing and feeling And yet They are the minority That are grateful and thankful To the ni'mas of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Imam, while you're talking about that We've got a 73 year old Auntie in Menenberg Yeah um, her name she's blind oh. and she listens to us particularly this program and often i get my message from somebody that brings it she sends salams with her Allah Allah Allah. and i know she's listening now may Allah grant her good health and long life inshallah i mean imam i know the focus is going to be on arafah and i'm already getting cultures and then if i if you just glance that way to the monitor there there's the kaaba yeah and people making the wahf around the kaaba and Allah that's back to capacity Allah um the significance of arafah because that's what the hajj revolves around yeah no arafah no hajj but Jamil, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim bismillah rahman rahim says in the quran there are so many ayats that one can quote and I've listened to many of the programs and and all the beautiful programs that the VOC have broadcasted. Uh, um, there's so many ayats. But um, if one look at at a particular ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim وَأَذِّمْ فِي النَّاسِ بِالْحَجِّ يَأْتُوكَ رِجَالًا وَعَلَىٰ كُلِّ ذَامِرٍ يَأْتِينَ مِنْ كُلِّ فَجِّنْ عَمِيقٍ 
Let them come and witness the benefits of the Hajj. And I'll tell you something. If if you had performed your Hajj, then you can speak for now until the time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes you away. There is just an endless story. Um, Alhamdulillah, uh, when I performed my, for, my first Hajj, it was 47 years ago, 1968. And um, I, th- I think I can, I can relate more about that journey. And uh, the whole journey was only for about seven and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> only. <laughs> seven and a half months, yeah. So uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then let them come and witness the benefits of the Hajj. Now, in another part of the Quran, when we speak about the beauty of Arafah, it is it is a, a an amalgamation and the unity of the whole universe converging onto one sacred place at one particular point in time for the same reason with the same exclamation Labbaik Allahumma labbaik Labbaik la sharika laka labbaik Innal hamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk La sharika And you know when, we, when you hear Not even uh, what they are expressing But there is a particular um, um, like, like we would say a lagu, you know, a tune that goes with it. And even when one looks at when you get to, for example, after having thrown Jamaratul Aqaba, um, they also have a particular way of expressing the takbir. And believe you me, mm. you stand there as you stand on the plains of Arafah and you cry and you have this emotional feeling. And I'm sure if you ask somebody why are you crying, he wouldn't know where to start. start. But what we need to reflect is on the day of Arafah. You look left, you look right, you look in front of you, you look behind you, you look above you. And you see that each and every human being created by Allah is like one person. You don't see anybody different. And in many of, of uh, you know, the, a couple of times that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have afforded me to be there, I remember one day uh, having sat next to a particular person who is now the Deputy Prime Minister of Malaysia. <laughs> and he was sitting with his, with his other colleagues, and it was like um, a part of the, uh, the members of parliament sitting. But they were all dressed the same. Mm. You can sit next to the king, next to the prime minister. You can sit next to a president. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's absolutely no distinction. And this particular verse in the Surah Hujarat makes it very and beautifully quite clear. When Allah the Almighty says, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem, Ya ayyuhal nas, inna khalaqnakum min dhakari wa unsa wa ja'alnakum shu'uba wa qaba'ila lita'arufu, inna akramakum indallahi atqaakum, inna Allah alimun khabir. Allah Ta'ala says, O oh mankind, we created you from a single pair, from a male and female, and then made you into nations and tribes. But, 
that you may know one another not that you may despise one another inna akramakum indallahi atqakum but the best of you very the most honored of you in the sight of allah is the one who is most uprighteous so here you stand next to your muslim brothers and sisters converging from all corners of the world i'm sure that if you want to communicate with them they probably wouldn't understand <laughs> but if we all say together read together la baik allahumma la baik you would not understand. be able to distinguish <laughs> well my guest here with us is imam Mauti saban imam of the jamia masjid and i also forgot to say senior member of the muslim judicial council back with you after this Programs of Legion on a Friday, only on the Voice of the Cape. Welcome back once more to this morning's edition of Programs of Religion on a Friday. Still with us, Imam Moti Saban. And Imam is putting the focus this morning on Arafah. I think it's the 4th of Tulhijjah today, if I have it correct. That's, that's right, yeah. It, uh, uh, the first was on Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, today is the 4th of Tulhijjah. So, so, you know, I can just imagine, you know, having been on Hajj, the excitement, there's a certain vibe that goes through your body as the clock ticks down now. I I would like to put it this way to each and everyone that have not been for Hajj yet, that um, whilst listening to this program must make their niyat now. Amen. Amen. Even if they do not have one rand or one cent to say, look, this is towards my uh, my uh, my package and towards my trip. And towards my hajj even if you have not even have one rand in your banking account but you make your knee at first because um, and we've seen this and we've seen this over and over the moment you make your knee because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا Who, whoever fears Allah, Allah will open up for you avenues. وَيَرْزُقُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ And Allah will grant you rizq, sustenance from sources. You can never imagine. And this has happened many a times when somebody says, you know, I'm getting old, I haven't been for hajj, um, I will not be able to, to get there financially. No. Money doesn't bring you to Makkah. Your intention. Your intention. Allah your niyyad. And this is why the Prophet says, That all your deeds will be judged according to your intention. Because once you've made your in- intention, your niyyad, sincerely, who says somebody might not come along tomorrow and says, Do you want to go for Hajj? Allah. Which has happened. Has happened. Yeah. So the first thing that you need to do is that you need to make your near and to go for Hajj. And to stand on the plain to stand on the plains of Harafa is one of the greatest gifts 
that Allah can give to a human being. You know, and I I I met I met a gentleman. He lives now in Newfields. Uh, strangely enough, Moses, you know, we said earlier, "Liyash hadu manafi'anuhum." Let them come and witness the benefit of you know the Hajj. So this gentleman and his wife, they from uh, from America, and. Uh, 23 years ago, he embraced Islam. And the following year, he decided to go for Hajj. Only one year Muslim. And he he's never seen people from other parts of the world. And you know, as a Cape Townian, as a Muslim from Cape Town, whenever they meet somebody from any part of the world, they will say, um, here's my address. When one day you happen to be in that part of the world. Call me. Yeah. And what this man did, and what this man did, he took that address and he put it in his wallet. Okay. So then he lived in another part in Saudi Arabia for a couple of years. I think it was in Kuwait or Bahrain. And from there he went to another Muslim country. And then he met up with someone who said, um, look, why don't you visit Cape Town? He says, where in the world is that place? So he eventually ended up here now, but this is about eight months ago. This is after 22 years. So eventually, come to Cape Town and he got a place to live in, in, in the new fields. And then a few weeks later, he asked the people, you know what? I met this man on my Hajj 22 years ago. Where in the world? Is this address and this stadium just around the corner? <laughs> just around the corner. Can you imagine there are millions and billions of people on this earth? You meet one person and you end up 22 years later living just around the corner from the person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Let them come and perform this pilgrimage. Let them come and also let them come and witness the benefits of the Hajj. Now the ninth day, now next week and Tuesday would be the eighth of the Hajj. That day is called Yom Okay, that is the day when the Hajjaj then go and leave for Mina. Oh, this is going to be the the big encounter, mm. and you know, for people that have and that is performing the first Hajj, and if you look at the faces of those people, you know, it's just, you, you you can see that everybody is so tense because they don't know what to expect, right? And this is why continuously we back home must make dua for the Hajjah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must make it easy for them. I met a friend of mine yesterday in one of the malls, me and my wife, and uh, and the first thing she says, my daughter is on Hajj. But the mere fact that she is saying, my daughter is on Hajj, a face also changed, the emotions also changed, without the person knowing, you know. Now, the eighth day is Yom Tarwiyah, and the following day, then after Fajr, the Sunnah is to perform your five walks on Mina. And the following morning after Fajr, everybody then trek to you to Arafah. And um, 
So the ninth day of the Hijjah is the day of Wukuf and Arafah, right? And this is the most significant and most important day in the life of the Hujjaj. Um, for this day, you know, you have looked forward to since a child. Since a child, you've asked questions about uh, the Hajj and the Arafah. Um, it is the day that may also never be repeated in the life of uh, of, uh, of the Hajj. You know, because um, um, Alhamdulillah, some people are fortunate to go um, every year. Like, I'm very fond of when I in Makkah to buy the newspaper. I'm here as well, love, love reading. Mm. And I read an article in the newspaper uh, in the Saudi, Saudi Gazette that there was a man going to perform that particular year. His Hajj is 85 years of age and it will be his 85th Hajj. Which means, since he was born, he's been on Hajj every year. Yeah. So, there are people, and I would like to believe every Muslim in every corner of the world live purely with the ayat, قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Say that your, your sacrifice and your life and your death and your salah is purely for Allah and Allah alone. So, on the day of Arafah, the pilgrim, the Haji, or the Hajj, must be on the plains of Arafah any time between Zawal, Dhur, and before dawn Fajr the following morning. Well, I guess they're with us, Imam Mauti Saban, and I also want to come to the point, Imam. I remember. I see. I see. You look like somebody who's in the haram here. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having asked an alim. Uh, you know, he asked us, "What is Arafah?" Yeah. There's no skyscrapers and no Todd streets. What's this? I just need to go for a break. I've got a thing or two to yeah. tell you. <laughs> and everybody gave an answer. And eventually says, no, Arafah is your identity parade where you unbundle to your Lord. And, and the question then came up, but I can't remember all the sins. I'm going to ask that question when we come back, Imam. <laughs> back with you after this. البرنامج عدين في يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة Welcome back once more and still with us Imam Mauti Saban We're focusing on Hajj more specifically this morning Arafah and the importance of Arafah Imam, there was a question this is where you go and identify yourself but you haven't kept the record of all the wrong you did but Allah obviously knows everything Subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You know, uh, if one If one study the Quran uh, When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, Instructed Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wa salam To build the Baytullah al-Atiq The ancient house of Allah And Allah ta'ala instructed him To go on the top of his voice And call people you know, To come and perform this book even the fetus in the womb of the mother got the message. Allah, yeah. Allah. And even those to come. And that is why when when we say, you know, I, I'm going because I'm responding to the call of Allah. Allah. And, you know, the hajj is, um, hajj is, 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 is an ibadah 
you know, that culminates just about everything in one's life. And standing on the plains of Arafah, uh, I, I, I can remember uh, standing on the plains of Arafah 48 years ago um, with the late Sheikh uh, Ahmed Alawi. And with that Jamil, there wasn't one, not one, tree on Arafah. There weren't roads on Arafah. There weren't water taps on Arafah. There weren't toilets. There was, yeah. It was a completely different scenario as to what we have barren, here today. Barren land. Yeah, absolutely. And when you walk in the desert, your foot goes down by a couple of meters and things like that. And they've got that, not white beach sand, it's a sort of a dark yeah. grey sand. But, you know, um, at that particular point in time... We learned and we studied the Hajj for two, three years. And do you know how those days you studied the Hajj? A one-to-one, you with your sheikh, and you had to write down the couplets and you have to get everything memorized and things like that. But irrespective of what the place looked like, that you are there for a particular purpose. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says it also so beautiful in the hadith says, Man arafa nafsa faqad arafa rubba. He who knows himself, he knows his creator. So on arafa, you get to know yourself. Who am I? You know, um, the human being has got shortcomings. We are very good people and are very fond every Friday at the end of my khutbah saying, that everybody sitting in the house of Allah is a good human being. And we are all good people. I don't, I don't believe that we are bad people. But we do have shortcomings. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have got this, this ibadah that we need to respond to. The act of asking for forgiveness. Making tawbah. And yet Allah Ta'ala says so beautiful فَمِنْ تَابَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيْئَةِ الْحَسَنَاتِ Whoever makes tawbah sincerely, you know, sincerely out of your heart. No, we can't, we can't say what the next person is doing. That particular person might just stand there or sit there and we think the person is not doing anything. Mm-hmm. The person is connecting with his creator. You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you ask for forgiveness because you are Al-Hujjaj Wal-Umar Wafdullah. You are the guest of Allah. He imagined you are the guest of Allah. Uh, you, you, you are Allah's guest. Nobody and everybody as you look around, nobody is more superior the one to the other. Right? That is why the ayat that I recited earlier, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ But the best of you in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those that are most uprighteous. Arafah is a wonderful place. I, I remembered it about uh, in, the, in the year 2000, the morning, and when we had to leave me, and I, I was very sick. I couldn't even stand on my two legs. When I got to Arafah, I still couldn't stand on my two legs. You know, because I was just so weak. But then when we made Salah for Dhur, it was, it was almost as if somebody were taking me by my neck and lift me up. And then I went to go and make a Salah to Dhur. And then I went to go and stand on my two legs to make Dua for one and a half hours. 
And after that, I said to my wife, now I feel like walking back to Makkah. <laughs> you know what? Rejuvenated. And, and I walked, me and her alone, we walked from there. And uh, another person from Ghazi Park, Hajirashat, we walked from Arafah. Right in when we walk into the haram to make our ifada, would you believe it? It was twenty to one. You know, the, just the point I want to make is: it's not about what I did; is what Allah can do for you. For you, because all you really have to do on the plains of Harafa is to put up your two hands. And I would always remind you know remind you know the hajjaj. You as a husband and wife and as father, mother and children can stand outside the tent, can stand, um, put up your two hands as a family, appeal to Allah for forgiveness, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reunite us all, you know, in Jannah inshallah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. Ask Allah for protection, dunya and akhirah. Ask Allah to grant us good health. Ask Allah, waqfad awladana. Oh Allah, protect our children. You, you, you just pour your heart out. And if anybody says, but I don't know how to do it, there you will know how to do it. It comes naturally. <laughs> you will know how to do it. I was going to say, Imam, I, I saw, I mean, elderly people, men, yeah. crying like babies. Then it stops after a while. Yeah. Later on, I see him crying again. No. It's probably as his life now flashes through his mind. But then on the other hand, not necessarily okay. could that person be crying of a past history. The person could be crying because of happiness, happiness. just to be on the place. I mean, can you imagine? I, I mean, I was 21 years of age, and uh, yeah... Uh, I remember there was a man living, and we were living in District 6 at that time, and there was a, a gentleman, uh, he told me, I remember, I can't remember his name, but then surname was Diedrichs, and they lived in Shepherd Street, in District 6. <laughs> and the man came to me and he says to me, my son, I say, my son, what is he saying? He says to me, now, I am 83 years of age. But if I had known, you know, um, at the age that you are, those years ago, I would have been here a long time. So my reply was, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a time and a place for all of us. You will not get there before your time and neither after, after your time. Your time. Well, our guest here, Imam Audis Saban. Imam, when we do come back, we are going to be in the last few minutes. There could be those listening to us now and say, I am so poor, I might not make it to Arafah. How do I ask for forgiveness? Is it only there that I can, that Allah can forgive me? I hmm. think many would probably be sitting with that. Back with you after this. Sure. البرنامج عدين في يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة Welcome back once more and still with us. Uh, we have the pleasure, the privilege of having Imam Mauti Sabanya with us and focusing on Hajj, obviously, uh, those of you who have family or friends in the kingdom and about to perform Hajj. 
Uh, we're just giving you a bit of a taste on what they will might be going through now and what they still will be going through, Imam. I don't know how you feel with it, Jamil, but I feel like I am there Back with them. You know, it is, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all our Muslims all over oh, the yes. world and those listening and those not listening this beautiful opportunity oh, once in a lifetime. Oh, Hajj is the most beautiful and and the beautiful ibadah oh, that one takes to one's grave. And that is for Akhirah. But uh, Jamil, I, 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 I would like to just, uh, as we are going to, you know, uh, uh, conclude our program. And you know what? Uh, you know, although there is an extension in time of the VOC on this program, but you, it's still not enough. <laughs> because there's so much that we want to talk about. Mm. Um, but I, I, I want to remind myself and I would like to remind all the Muslims and more so internationally about the farewell sermon of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And um, I will just quickly run through it when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi you know, when he says to his people, he says, He says, Oh people, listen to me. And listen to what I have to say. I do not know whether I will ever meet you at this place once again after this current year. And it says, and I would want to say this very, very loudly. It says, it is unlawful for you to shed the blood of one another or take unlawfully the fortunes of one another. That is unlawful. It is haram as shedding blood on such a day as today and in such a month as this is haram and, and it is such a sanctified city as this city, Makkatul Makarama and the surrounding areas. And they remind people, don't kill one another. Are you, are you a Muslim? You shouldn't bomb another country, a Muslim country. There should be dialogue. Muslims must sit in. And I think the world needs to go to this constitution you know and just re-look at it and he goes on to say um you know behold all practices of paganism and ignorance are now under my feet and blood revenge of the days of ignorance are remitted and he and he goes further by saying Fattakullah fin nisa um, Then he also goes says Wastahlantum farujahunna bi kalimatillah He says oh, People fear uh, fear Allah concerning women Verily you have taken them on the security of Allah And have made the persons lawful uh, unto, unto you by by the kalamullah The words of Allah And it is incumbent upon them it is incumbent upon them to honor their conjugal rights and not to commit any acts of impropriety, which if they do, you have the authority to chastise them and yet not severely. If your wives refrain from impropriety and are faithful to you, clothe them, feed them, nafaka them. These are the instructions of the Prophet And I just want to conclude that you know, it's, it's, it is still quite lengthy, but I think what I would just like to say is what the Prophet says. He says, And he says, Verily, I have left amongst you the book of Allah and the Sunnah, the traditions of the Messenger of Allah, Sayyidina Muhammad, but which, if you hold fast, you will never ever go astray. So, uh, you know the message and the beautiful message and the farewell sermon of you know of the of the Hajj is something that we need to remember. But coming back to to the plains of Arafah, there is no better du'a than the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, 
لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي ويميت وهو على كل شيء قدير لبيك اللهم لك يا الله there is no true God but Allah alone he has no partner he is, he is the dominion and to him belong the praises and thanks and he is able to do all things and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is almighty Allah Akbar so but the jameel we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all the hujaj uh, their health and grant them safety inshallah bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim alhamdulillah rabbil alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala shirafil mursaleen sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala ali wa sahbihi wa barik wa sallim Allahumma ktubi salamata wa sihata alayna wa li'abidika al-hujaj wa والمسافرين والمرابطين والمقيمين في برك وبحرك وجوبك من أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم سهلهم على طريقة إلى مكة المكرمة والمدينة المنورة سالمين منفرحين مستبشرين يا رب العالمين اللهم جعلهم حجا مبرورا وسعيا مشكورا وذنبا مغفورا وعملا عملا صالحا مقبولا وتجارة لن تبور يا نور النور يا عالم ما في السلول Allah, ya Allah, Amin. Amin. We make dua for our deceased Amin. because our parents have taught us to put a foot and how to put our foot and our feet around the Kaaba and to stand on Arafah. But uh, if they are in the grace, may Allah grant them a high place in Jannah. Allahumma khfillahum warhamhum wa sakinum fil Jannah wa tajawuz an sayyatim wa shurhum an nabihin wa siddiqin wa shuwadai wa salihin bi rahmatika ya rahma rahimin. Allahumma khfillana wa li walidina. Allahumma shwi maradana wa raham mawtana wa tawalla amrana wa khfad awladana Oh Allah protect our children واحفظ اولادنا واحفظ اولادنا واستر عيوبنا وطهر قلوبنا واختم بالصالحات اعمالنا سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين امام شكرا for that and uh, well it's almost time that we need to take news and for the sacrifice being here this morning and i say to you assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullah Allah bakat.